PR. Pro Cannabis Media. Pro Cannabis Media Programming and PCM TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto reporting for Pro Cannabis Media. In our top story this week, Massachusetts-based MSO Curaleaf is clearing up any confusion about its ties to Russia, or lack thereof, amid the ongoing conflict with Ukraine. So this week, Curaleaf posted a statement to its investors clarifying that its executive chairman and largest investor, Boris Jordan, is an American citizen clarifying that he had only done previous business overseas in Russia and Europe. It's a stark example of how much more integrated cannabis companies are becoming in the modern world. Back in the U.S., banks are seeing green when it comes to cannabis. The Safe Banking Act, which would protect financial institutions who work with state legal cannabis companies, is still stalled up on Capitol Hill. Democrats say they'd rather see comprehensive reform passed first, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says of late he's more open to passing banking legislation if it includes certain equity provisions. But in the meantime, it seems like banks are getting more comfortable with weed anyway. As of September 2021, there were 755 banks and credit unions that had filed requisite reports saying they were actively serving cannabis clients an increase of nearly 50 from the previous quarter. So perhaps it's going to show that despite current federal law, more banks are willing to put their money where their mouth is and try to help legal cannabis flourish. The battle for legal bud grows on a state level too, and there's good news in Minnesota. Medical patients there can finally buy cannabis in its purest form, dry THC flour, a purchase that couldn't be legally made before this week. So congrats to the land of 10,000 lakes. But over in South Dakota, it's a smokeout, literally. That's what they call the legislative maneuver that occurred this week that has essentially, once again, stalled efforts to legalize in the state. South Dakota Senate narrowly approved a legalization bill last week, but the House State Affairs Committee defeated it by voting to move the legislation to the 41st day of the session. That's one day after the session ends, thereby preventing it from moving forward anytime soon. And unfortunately, there's a similar story happening in Delaware. Five years ago, the state seemed poised to be one of the first to allow adult use cannabis, but it's been difficult to pass given resistance from the governor. The Delaware lawmakers say they are determined to legalize drafting and discussing a third version of the bill, which some politicians think will have more support than years past. But there is progress in the Northeast. This week, Vermont voters greatly expanded the number of towns where retail sales of cannabis will be permitted to anyone 21 and older. While several smaller towns said no, the statewide vote greatly reduced the distances between towns that have decided to allow cannabis retail in their future. And Jesse Lynn Dolan has more in this week's Vermont Report. 
I'm Jesse Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Series Med, formerly Champlain Valley Dispensary, now owned by international MSO Slang, has fired several of their marketing department employees, with one if not more employees quitting. Town Meeting Day was a landmark event for cannabis in Vermont as over 30 towns voted March 2nd to allow retail sales in their community, with dozens voting yes and only eight voting no. Overall, 36,000 voters favored retail cannabis with over 18,000 disapproving. Inspired by Meals for Relatives, COVID-19 Rapid City Community Response, Magic Man Global Indigenous Fund held a raffle giveaway to help address food sustainability and inequity issues in indigenous communities. Mr. Z Craft Cannabis teamed up with Vermont Normal and a host of local cannabis businesses for a Black History Month event that raised $300 for a cannabis equity fund. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. Pennsylvania could be inching closer to adult use cannabis. This week, a key state Senate committee held the second of three hearings it is scheduled on legalization as the panel's chairman actively drafts a reform bill. The committee's biggest concerns seem to be centered around whether creating a regulated market would be sufficient to eliminate illicit sales, how police would be affected, and the impact on impaired driving. Claudia Post has much more in this week's Pennsylvania Report. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. A Spotlight PA investigation has found some cannabis companies are using incomplete or misleading claims to promote marijuana as a treatment for opioid addiction. 60 websites were found to be cherry-picking and misrepresenting parts of the studies, making broad claims without citing any specific research, and nor do they provide total information about what it takes to qualify for the state's medical program. So incomplete information, misleading from these folks. Health policy experts worry that the messages could steer patients away from medical treatments. Obviously, more government oversight is needed. PA senators held their second hearing in a month on the potential legalization of recreational marijuana. PA medical sellers offered advice to the Senate. Ah, I wonder if they are self-serving, do you think? Recommendations were keep taxes low, allow current medical marijuana companies to start selling recreational marijuana first, and set a firm deadline for the law to go into effect. Hmm, interesting who you called to testify. On March 1st, the House Democratic Policy Committee examined the impacts of cannabis criminalization in Pennsylvania. They discussed the following criminalization and how it destroys families, diversity disparities, and why PA legislators must consider legalizing adult use and extremely important. None of this would be possible unless there was mass expungement. Well, that's a wrap from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to tell you what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania. 
So from We Talk News, have a fabulous week. Rhode Island could be on its way to fully legal weed as well. This week, co-sponsors in the state's House and Senate formally introduced a pair of identical bills to legalize, regulate, and tax cannabis for adults 21 and older in Rhode Island. The legislation would allow adults to possess and purchase up to one ounce of cannabis, keep up to 10 ounces at home, and would allow people to cultivate up to three cannabis plants in their own residence. And in New York, the governor is proposing that the state set aside $200 million for social equity in the industry. The public-private fund would provide aid to eligible social equity applicants, and funds will be drawn from licensing fee revenue as well as bring in support from private investors. Sticking with the East Coast, let's check in with Ron Marshall C. for this week's Massachusetts Report. I'm Ron Marshall C. with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. U.S. cannabis company Cureleaf has told investors that it is not subject to any sanctions against Russia, although it has some ties to the country. Cureleaf's founder, Boris Johnson, is, is a U.S. citizen born in Long Island and owns about 22% of the company's stock, as well as businesses in the U.S., Europe, and Russia. Cureleaf said in a message on their website, These are rumors and misinformation spread during turbulent times. The speculation on social media that the company and its major shareholders and executives will somehow be subject to any U.S. government economic sanctions now or in the future is incorrect. The company ended their message saying how U.S. citizens, whether they hold other passports or not, cannot be subject to U.S. economic sanctions. Officials announced on Wednesday that an explosion at a mill building in Massachusetts last month was caused by a man who was trying to extract hash oil from marijuana. Emergency crews responded to a fire and explosion in Pittsfield where they found a man suffering from life-threatening injuries, several melted plastic containers, and a large number of marijuana plants. This was according to the Pittsfield Police and Fire Chief as well as the State Fire Marshal. They added this is why extraction processes using flammable gases and liquids need safety regulations. The victim's condition as well as if he will be facing charges are still unknown. And finally, Tilt Holdings Incorporated will be launching adult-use cannabis delivery from its Commonwealth Alternative Care Dispensary in Taunton. The delivery service is made available through a partnership with Brax and Pistols, a local woman-owned and veteran-managed social equity cannabis delivery operator. Beginning March 2nd, Brax and Pistols will deliver cannabis products from CAC Taunton to adult-use consumers in communities within a 25-mile radius, including New Bedford, Plymouth, and Wareham. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsee. Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience. The Show Me State is showing to be a leader in cannabis progress. This week, Missouri Republican Dottie Bailey put forth a resolution that condemns the decision by international sports associations to ban U.S. sprinter Shikari Richardson from participating in last year's Olympics after testing positive for cannabis. It also specifically calls for President Biden to end marijuana prohibition and support American athletes. Brandon Jones has more from the Show Me State in this week's Missouri Report. Hey everybody, Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Cannabis Support for We Talk News. And yes, I'm very excited that Missouri is again at the front of the legislation here. I was very upset to see last year, obviously, that Shikari Richardson wasn't allowed to perform in the Olympics. She was banned. It was just such a horrible thing to see that it's not a performance enhancing drug 
as we all know here. Uh, so I'm very excited that Missouri is going to see if we can do something about that. As a former athlete, I've seen a lot of athletes that have used marijuana and cannabis just to help them relax, to deal with the muscle pain and all the different things that they've gone through uh, being an athlete. So I'm very happy to see that this is getting going. My first report today comes out of Riverport, Riverfront Times. If you can believe it, a 135-pound gummy world-breaking was made here in Missouri. So it was actually done by Good Day Farms, a Little Rock, Arkansas-based company, but they built the gummy and have it here in Missouri. The problem is, is nobody can actually take it off the premises because it's 116,000 milligrams of THC. So that was over anybody's personal limit as soon as you take it off the premises. So they're trying to figure out some way to at least let people come in and see it. But yeah, it's a 135-pound sour apple gummy by Good Day Farms. Pretty crazy. My second story uh, isn't actually out of a publication. Just know that obviously with April coming up, there's lots of events around that. And here in Missouri is try, trying to catch up and get in the event calendar as well here too. But a lot of the uh, sponsors and a lot of the uh, event coordinators are having issues because they can't actually advertise that this is a cannabis event. So they're doing the little workarounds like we all do on social media and using plant friendly or 420 friendly, but obviously that's just gonna affect the gates and how many people can come and just know, get the education out there. So again, I just wanna see that if we can actually advertise correctly and let's not stigmatize cannabis, let's just let everybody get educated and get some more access to it. So again, I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Media for the Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Thanks again, everybody have a great week. Back in the U.S., a big shakeup in the market. Southern California-based MSO MedMen says it's leaving the state of Florida altogether, and it plans to sell all its assets to Florida-based Green Century Holdings for a whopping $83 million. Deborah Borchardt has more in this week's Green Market Report. This is the business update for We Talk News from the Green Market Report. We had a lot of earnings this week, so we're just going to hit a couple of them for you here. Green Thumb Industries, or GTI, had the best quarter out of all the companies this week. They had revenues of $243 million in the fourth quarter, but for the full year, it was a staggering $893 million. Kronos Group didn't fare as well. That company did have revenues for the full year of $74 million, but they had an operating loss of $560 million. And then they also had a net loss of $389 million for the full year. Now, Tilray Brand said that they were going to basically bail out Hexocorp. They are buying their debt for $211 million. That company had said in December that they were struggling to pay that debt, so they can thank Tilray for helping them out. And that's it for this week. I'm Deborah Borchard for the Green Market Report for We Talk News. Also in Florida, the state's health department has awarded BioTrack as the sole software provider for the state's medical cannabis track and trace system. Agency negotiators voted unanimously to award BioTrack the contract, which will not only monitor the movement of marijuana inventory throughout the state, but also assist in product recalls. Heather Allman has more from Florida this week. It's time for the Florida Report from We Talk News, and I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report. This week, MedMed Enterprises announced plans to sell all of their Florida assets for $83 million. The cash deal includes the sale of MedMed's cultivation operations, their inventory, seven retail dispensaries, and most importantly, their coveted Florida operating license, one of only 22 in the state. The Fort Lauderdale buyer, Green Century Holdings, is associated with cannabis entrepreneur Brady Cobb. And if you remember, Brady Cobb is the founder and former CEO of One Plant Florida, who was acquired by Cresco Labs in January of last year. 
While the national retailer MedMen maintains a strong presence in five other states, they did not specify why they are exiting the Florida market. From the look of their parking lot, however, I would say it might be sales related, but with MedMen, you never know. Recently, Hernando County School Board member Jimmy Lodato called for the district to rethink its current cannabis use policy, claiming that retaining employees who are using marijuana for medical reasons is in the district's best interest. Lodato is asking that the district differentiate between recreational and medical cannabis, but school districts worry that policy changes allowing any cannabis use could put their federal funding in jeopardy. And while Lodato believes that money should not be the deciding factor when district employees need medical help, the Hernando County School Board has taken no action regarding its policy pertaining to employee cannabis use, nor is it planning any future action at this time. On Monday, the state of Florida Department of Health unanimously voted to choose BioTrack as the sole track and trace system for the state's medical cannabis program. Florida law requires that all licensed medical cannabis establishments participate in the tracking system and log the movement of cannabis from plant to patient. Without any additional cost to Florida businesses, the state will use BioTrack to monitor the medical use cannabis market, to provide real-time inventory availability, and prevent the unlawful diversion of medical products to the black market, or so they hope. Currently used by 38 other states and 10 countries, the Biotrack system also helps easily recall cannabis plants that have been tampered with or deemed unsafe. That's a wrap for the We Talk News Florida Report. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report. The cannabis-rich state of California has been facing a back-and-forth tax battle that's had many companies in a chokehold. Since state lawmakers have been slow to lower cannabis taxes, local governments are now scrambling to roll back taxes and grant relief to cannabis businesses. Those in the Golden State say a historic drop on wholesale prices is finally, only just now, beginning to rebound. Christopher Smith has much more on this week's California Report. Greetings from the left coast. California Roundup for Weed Talk News. He's got one degree from Stanford and one from Harvard, but now he's out of a job working for aging Senator Dianne Feinstein. Joe Marcus Perley was fired for various infractions, but to hear him tell it, being black in the senator's office was an impossible mission. The senator cares more about her dog than black people, Perley said in a, in a staff meeting, which didn't go over very well, as one can imagine. What's Perley's famous for this week is a YouTube video that he posted while smoking a blunt in Feinstein's office after hours, which is amusing in a goofy sort of way, if you want to watch it. Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein is one of the oldest people on the planet and represents a state with far and away the largest cannabis industry and far and away the most cannabis jobs in the U.S. Senator Feinstein's been one of the most notorious anti-drug crusaders and even rejected Prop 64 that legalized cannabis here in California in 2016. Feinstein is no friend of our industry. The traffic is called the Orange Crush the county line is called the Orange Curtain, and apparently the county of 3.2 million residents is also a cannabis desert, according to Marijuana Moment. Yes, I'm talking about Orange County. It's the third largest county in California, even though it has more people than 21 states have. It's the home of beaches, Disneyland, professional teams, a whole lot of Republican fundraisers coming soon. But even though the majority voted in favor of Prop 64 in 2016, it still has only 117 cannabis businesses. By contrast, LA, San Francisco, Alameda, and Humboldt counties have thousands. 
which is apparently where Orange County shops for weed. Now, one of the greatest dispensaries in downtown LA was raided yesterday. That's right, a legal licensed dispensary was raided in broad daylight. Forget this, unpaid taxes. To be clear, Jungle Boys paid $18 million in taxes last year. So that should tell you how successful that shop is. And it had one outstanding bill, which it couldn't be paid during COVID time when the tax office was closed. That bill was for $66,000. The company had a hearing date scheduled with the tax collection office. In other words, everything was letter of the law, but Johnny Law busted the doors in anyway yesterday, guns drawn and stole, you heard me, stole $174,000 from Jungle Boys, including the cash in the tip jars. Have you ever heard of a SWAT team storming a legal business over a tax bill? Now that's, what's that song, that song from Compton? That's not coming to me. Anyway, I'm Christopher Smith, publisher of the American Cannabis Report, sharing California's Feinstein funnies, pearl-clutching phonies, fake fees, and F the police from Weed Talk News. Cannabis dispensary owners and employees in Washington state are calling for harsher punishment for those who commit armed robbery against shops. A new bill proposes increasing the standard sentence by 12 months for those found guilty of robbing a dispensary. The legislation is currently awaiting a House floor vote after passing through the Senate. Josh Kincaid has a closer look at what's happening in Washington State this week. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. A judge in Washington State ruled that a retail marijuana company violated state law by using a cannabis delivery service. Licensed retail stores that either deliver cannabis themselves or use a third-party app transport service are in violation of several state regulations, according to the Liquor and Cannabis Board. Commercial cannabis delivery is not specifically outlawed in Washington, but cannabis delivery itself isn't outright prohibited. In 2017, the governor signed into law allowing friends to share or gift cannabis to one another in select amounts. But regulators in Washington state warn that cannabis companies can't have home delivery options claiming to be sharing with friends. So a county superior court found recently that by using this delivery service that a cannabis retailer violated the state law by inviting that transport company to enter its stores, according to the Liquor and Cannabis Board, they said state law makes it clear that marijuana delivery is prohibited for commercial purposes. So with that, next week you guys are going to find out about Washington State's out-of-state license ownership rules. But we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge, reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. In Michigan, there's good news for customers, but maybe not so good news for growers. Michigan's retail cannabis prices hit an all-time low in January. State records show that an oversaturation of supply is driving down prices so much that customers are buying it at record rates. Right now, the average price for a gram of bud is less than five bucks. So let's check in with Michigan Normal Executive Director, Rick Thompson. Rick. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. There's been extensive coverage in mainstream media of the falling price of cannabis in Michigan this past week. January of 2022 saw the lowest retail sale price for an ounce of cannabis flower at $152 per ounce, lowest in the regulated market's history. 
Now, a falling price structure makes for an uncertain future for Michigan's poorly or moderately capitalized cannabis businesses. And those are the smaller mom and pop stores we all love so much. Bridge Magazine reports that ounces in Kalamazoo are selling for $50 each, and grams in some store are priced at $5 each, which is less than half of the national average price. Now, who's the culprit here? The excessive number of stacked cultivation licenses here in Michigan. One facility in Southwest Michigan was recently awarded 40 stacked Class C licenses. Now, that one single facility has more licenses than most of Michigan's biggest cannabis cultivators have across the entire state. When will it end? The number of cultivation licenses issued in Michigan tripled within a six-month period in 2021, and all that cannabis is going to hit the market very soon now. The woe will only worsen for cannabis companies floating on the edge of solvency, and 2022 will be the year of great reckoning in Michigan's cannabis industry. Oh, it's getting very contentious over in Royal Oak, a Detroit suburb. Now that's over cannabis licensing. Two new companies have been given approval to advance into the first stage of business license consideration, and two of the state's biggest cannabis companies are using the courts to bully city leaders into halting the process. Attitude Wellness, which is Loom, and Quality Roots have filed suit against the city, alleging violations of the Open Meetings Act and various other things. The suit also attacks the two smaller companies for hiring a former mayor and a former city commissioner in Jim Razor to represent them in dealings with the city. Now, Jim Razor is my former attorney, and I can tell you he's good, but he isn't on council anymore. A decision on the legal request to force Royal Oak to pause their cannabis licensing program is expected today from Oakland County Judge Ray Lee Chabot. House Bill 5877 was introduced in Michigan's legislature this week, and it proposes to completely remove cannabis from Michigan's list of controlled substances. Currently, cannabis is on both Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 of the state's list of banned and harmful drugs, despite the 13-year-old medical marijuana program we have and the four-year-old adult use cannabis law. The bill literally strikes out cannabis from Schedule 1 and 2 of that state-controlled substances list. Each individual state has their own list of controlled substances, and those lists often vary from the federal list of the same name. Now, the bill sponsor is Representative Yusuf Rabi, and it carries eight co-sponsors. A companion bill, which will cover more of the legal fixes necessary to make this change work, is expected to be introduced soon. This bill must travel through the uh, dreaded Regulatory Reform Committee, and it may not be granted a hearing in this legislative session. Final story, when is a C grade good enough? Really, never. But that seems to be where Michigan is stuck when it comes to the annual report card for state medical cannabis programs as rated by the National Organization of Americans for Safe Access. Now, to be fair, no A grades were issued. Only one B was given to Maine, one B minus given to Illinois. California and Colorado received C plus grades, but the Great Lakes State did poorly on our midterm test by continuing to harass caregivers and threaten to reduce personal cultivation privileges, according to ASA. 
They also advised forming discount options for patients experiencing financial hardship and to enable housing and employment protections for ill individuals. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. And finally, a story out of Canada that might sound too stoned to be true. Mounties pulled over a trucker for speeding on the highway, and when they decided to search the truck, they found 440 cannabis plants. That's just 434 more than Canada allows you to have. And as you can imagine, that driver now faces a number of charges. So the next time you're transporting cannabis, make sure the number of plants and your speed is under the legal limit. Seems like a no-brainer, but sometimes sonars need a friendly reminder as well. And here's another reminder. It's a whole new world of weed out there, so use it wisely. That's all for this week in Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Meet Caduceus Science, the alternative wellness company. You know CBD, but how about CBG, CBN? That's right, Caduceus Science produces a range of full-spectrum products, all lab-tested in small batches to maintain the highest quality of products. CaduceusScience.com
Pro-Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Media, on Instagram at Pro-Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro-Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro-Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro-Cannamedia, and on twitch.tv backslash Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.